Brothers and sisters, wherever you are at this moment, I invite you to stand as we together affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Would you join with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're going to dig into God's Word together using the words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to open them up uh, to, to read along with us. The words will also be on the screen as we together dig into uh, to the Gospel message. Hear now the Word of the Lord. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is God's word offered to us in his reading and in his hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you pray with me? God Almighty, we come before you thankful for your word. For the wisdom contained therein, we ask now that you would open our eyes, that we would see our ears, that we would hear. Open our minds that come to know and understand your word and your will. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This year at Covenant, we are diving into the truth of the biblical witness that comes to us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 5 where Jesus is seated on the throne and, and he proclaims uh, to, to all of creation, uh, look, see, I am making everything new. And then Jesus follows up and says, write that down. These words are, are trustworthy and true. That, that, that Jesus is in the process of making creation knew all of creation, uh, you and me and everything that we can see, everything that we don't see, all being restored, made new in Jesus. But, but just in case we think that this is just a forecast of a future day that is to come, I want you to hear from, uh, from Paul in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses, uh, verse 17, as we again hear uh, what this new creation looks like. Paul says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... They are a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. 
You see, this old being gone and new being here is, is, is the gospel witness for us that, that we rely on and we trust in. That, that whenever we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, that we, when we choose to follow Jesus, we then are made into a, a new creation. We're entirely changed. What once was is no longer because Jesus is now first, second, third, and last. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And, and that's good news for us because we can rely on that, we can trust in that, and we could grow into that, 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 that following Jesus, surrendering to His grace, trusting in His grace and knowing that He is Lord and Savior when we profess our faith in that way. We once were young and old, rich and poor, uh, defined by our ethnicities or by our race or by our social status, uh, and all of those things just, just sift away because we are made one in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. But that's not something that comes easily for us. It, 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 it's a transformation. It's a huge turn for us to shift from this way that the world teaches us to think to this new way that the Bible professes and, and attests that we will be thinking whenever we, uh, whenever we profess Jesus as Lord and Savior. You see, it requires surrender. It requires transformation. And so that transformation, uh, that, that surrendering to our new identity in Christ is what we have been focusing on over this season of Lent and what we're going to continue to focus on today. As we developed this series, Identity, the, the surrendering to our identity in Christ, uh, we leaned into the, the parallel structure that can be seen in uh, maybe even a mirroring of the stages of grief. That a stage of surrender to Jesus as Lord is reflected in the stages of grief that we experience. Denial, anger, bargaining. Today we arrive at bargaining. Something I'm sure none of you know anything about. Uh, we, we, none of us have ever tried to play a bargain with the Lord. Or, or have we? You know, <laughs> particularly in this season we might be able to relate to that. We'll get to that in a moment, but... But I want you to know, I, I am well aware that this is a season of great turmoil in your homes. I reached out and was able to connect with many of you this week. Look forward to connecting with many more of you uh, in the week to come. But, but as we focused our attention on what our world is like and the chaos around us, it's also reflected in our homes. Many of you have kids at home. And, uh, and my kids are... Uh, experts at bargaining, and they have been using every ounce of their training and capacity uh, that they have built up over the years this last week. Uh, how can they find their way out of the house has seemed to be at the forefront of what their bargaining has been for. Uh, I need to go see them. I need to go there. I want to hang out here. They want to go to the village, to H-E-B, to this person's house house or that person's house. I'm just going to go for a run with who and where, right? Like, like we have plenty of questions as parents because they are doing whatever they can to get out and to break free. But it's not just about getting out. Even in the house, I, I have heard them uh, push back on the, 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 the direction that I have given and Lauren has, uh, has also given as parents. You see, we'll be downstairs and we'll call up 
will call upstairs and say, hey, uh, I need you to come down because I need you to do these dishes. And you know what we hear back? Okay, but, but first, but first, I, I'm on a FaceTime call. Okay, and then, and then uh, hey, I need you to move your, your, your laundry from the washer to the dryer. Oh, well, but, uh, but, but, but first, I need to let my toenails dry because I just gave myself a pedicure. Or, or, or hey, I need you to come down and, and put your dishes away. You had lunch and did not bring your stuff to the, the, the sink. That's gross. We don't take that in our house. I need you to come down and do it. And then they call back, oh, but, but first let me finish this YouTube video. I tell you what, y'all try my patience, children. If, 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 if your house is anything like my house, then the Lord is, 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 is applying a gift of patience in us because he is leading us to deal with their bargaining, their butt firsts, and to invite us to patience. Now, I have not exhibited very, uh, very clear patience over the course of this. I, I have been known to call back and say, but first, nothing, you get down here right now. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we keep it all in balance. Jesus deals with, in the Gospel of Luke, three different uh, volunteers Three different folks that, that are called to serve and to follow that have their own excuses. Uh, they have their own sense of bargaining with Jesus. They have their own but first. The, the first uh, character is an eager one. Uh, he, he's, he's there for us in verse 57 and 58. And he comes to Jesus. Jesus is walking along and on his own he comes up and he says, Hey, hey Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. I'll go wherever you go. <laughs> and and Jesus, Jesus is like, oh, we have a volunteer, do we? Well, let's, 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 let's test this a little bit. Let's see what this looks like whenever I break down what the cost of discipleship looks like, what, what it really looks like to follow me. And so Jesus then responds back, hey, you know foxes have dens, birds have nests, but if you follow me, you need to know that when you follow me, there is oftentimes not even a place for the Son of Man to rest his head. These creature comforts of the world that you're used to, uh, the, 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 these luxuries that you have come to expect, I need you to know that when you follow me, they're not always there. Sure, there's going to be moments where we're going to dine uh, amongst uh, wealthy aristocrats, but there's also moments where we're going to be searching for food. We're going to have to go fishing. Uh, th there are times where we have a home to sleep in, and there are times where we're camping outside, and you think you're ready to follow me. I want you to know the creature comforts might not be there. It reminds me of my friend who will remain nameless. You see, we, we, we have at Covenant had a partnership uh, in Haiti, at, in a community called Book Vincent in Gona Eves, Haiti. And whenever we have been on trips to Haiti, we stay in a hotel, and uh, there's even air conditioning whenever the power is on. It's quite luxurious by Haitian standards, but one of our friends was, was interested in coming on the trip, but not quite yet ready to surrender uh, to, to the loss of some of those creature comforts. And so, uh, he called me up as we were getting ready to, to book the trip and said, hey, Jason, I'm interested in going to Haiti, but 
uh, I have an idea of how I could make that happen for me and for you, how we could do this together. Uh, he, said, he said, so I looked on a map and I see that Gona Eves is not that far from the Dominican Republic border. And so there's a, there's a resort on uh, the beach in the DR and I will wake up early in the morning and get a get get a get a uh, a SUV ride over to Gona Eves, and at night, whenever you wrap up, I'll ride back and and I'll stay there at the resort on the beach in the DR. You see, my boy wasn't quite ready to surrender some of the creature comforts. There was like some thread counts that he was interested in, and there was like some dependability of the electricity that he was interested in, and there might have been some like fruity drink with an umbrella in it on the beach that he was also interested in. But you see, this, this man that comes to say eagerly to Jesus, I'm ready to follow you, Jesus has to say, look, you got to know that if you follow me, I'm going to ask you at times to give up Give up things that you're used to. Give up things that make you comfortable and surrender your life to following me. The second, the second uh, engagement here is not someone that eagerly volunteers. This is now someone that, that Jesus calls forth uh, and, and calls out into ministry with them. You see, he says in, in verse 59 and 60 uh, to another man, follow me. Now Jesus is the one doing the inviting, not someone stepping forward to, to, to eagerly volunteer. He says, follow me. And that man sounds like my children upstairs. Okay, Lord, but first, no, but, but, but first, let me go and uh, bury my father. So there's, there's this task, this responsibility, a good, holy, and righteous task, something that, that he is compelled to, to do to take care of before he goes to follow Jesus. He says, but first, let me go do this. And so Jesus' response uh, is somewhat curious. We want to know, hey, what does this look like? Because there are responsibilities that we have to deal with. There are tasks that need to be taken care of. And so whenever we have that task, what does it look like for us to, uh, to, to say, Jesus, I also have this responsibility? And, and here's how Jesus works that out. At first it seems hard. He says, let the, let, let the dead bury the dead. And we might hear that and think that Jesus is saying, neglect responsibility, don't take, don't take care of your father. But, but I want you to, to, to see what he then says next and, and receive this as a commissioning for the one that he calls to volunteer. He says, he says, let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. But, but, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I wish that we would have from Jesus here, uh, uh, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, an account for where this person was sent to go. We don't have that. It, Jesus doesn't say, now go to your father and proclaim, proclaim the kingdom of God. He doesn't say, now go forward, sent out by me, and proclaim the kingdom of God. He does not say, now go with me as a follower of me wherever I go and proclaim the kingdom of God. We don't know where he is sent, but we know his commissioning is to proclaim the kingdom of God. And if that is his role, we might assume that, that, that hey, whenever you need to bury your father, 
Don't just bury your father. Don't just deal in, in, in the, 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 the flesh and blood, the, the dust of the earth. Don't just deal in those matters. Go and deal in spiritual matters. Go to your father and tell him about the Messiah. Go to your Father and usher him into the eternal kingdom that I have made available to him, Jesus says, through my blood, through through the offering of my life. I want you to go, and wherever you go, make the kingdom of God, that proclamation, the work that you attend to. So you don't go just to attend to a responsibility or a task. You go anywhere you go, to proclaim the kingdom of God. And so then we get to our third, uh, a third character uh, that Jesus interacts with in this, in this story uh, in Luke, uh, in verse 61 and 62. This is a second uh, time that we have a volunteer. The first came and said, I'll go wherever you'll go. This one's heard both of those other things. Hey, there might be a loss of creature comforts. Uh, there might be, there might be a, a reorientation of the responsibilities that you have. Now proclamation of the kingdom of God is at the forefront of it. And so Jesus then hears from another that says, I will follow you. I will follow you, Lord. And there's not a period there. God, I wish there was a period there. I will follow you, Lord, is what Jesus is so eager to hear. No, no, it doesn't end there. We have a semicolon. But first, but first, let me go say goodbye. But first, let me do this, that, or the other thing, and for This one, I will follow you, Jesus, but first, let me say goodbye. There is a stark lack of urgency in the proclamation of the kingdom of God for this third individual. You see, Jesus has has commissioned and invited and called forth people to to work alongside of him, to work on his behalf, to proclaim the good news. And here this one says, but first, let me say goodbye. And Jesus' response is, is, is in, a, in a metaphor of sorts. He, he says, hey, <clears throat> when you go and plow a field, and you're trying to plow straight lines uh, with your mind set according to a singular purpose that you're going to accomplish something quite specific. And whenever you go to plow, do you go to plow and you look backwards? No, no, no. If, if, if you go to plow and you look backwards, you're not fit for this work because here's the deal. You have to be single-minded, singularly focused, driven by this work of proclaiming, proclaiming, proclaiming the kingdom of God. That is our, uh, our, our effort, our drive each and every day. And so whenever we hear this invitation from Jesus, he says, don't be looking backwards, look forward to the work I have set you to. I remember whenever I was in driver's ed, um, one of the critical things I needed to learn was uh, less gas pedal. <laughs> And also, and also, I needed, not only did I need to learn less gas pedal, I needed to learn, uh, and my dad taught me this more than my driving instructor, my dad taught me that wherever your eyes are focused, 
there the wheel will follow. Do do y'all get that? When when you're driving, if you're focused over here reading billboards, what's going to happen? Like you're going to hit the rumble strip, right? Uh, Whenever whenever you are looking in your rearview mirror and you see a car that you find quite interesting, all of a sudden, you're not going to have control of where you're going. That's what Jesus is saying here. Look, whenever you are set to this task of following me, do it with all that you have, with your full attention. And then whoever comes in your path, proclaim the kingdom of God is near to them. And that invitation will will bring you into a new life and a new purpose, a new work that he is sending us into. So we have these volunteers. We have two that volunteer uh, and one that Jesus calls all have a little bit of an excuse, a but first, and I'm sure you can't relate to that. These were bargaining with Jesus. I'm going to follow, but I have these other things to attend to as well. I'm sure you can't relate to that. I would say, stop me when I get too close, but you're not in the room, so I'm just going to keep going. So here's the deal. You might have said before, uh, I'm going to choose to follow you, Jesus, but first I need to accomplish certain things in my life. I need to to get a certain amount of equity in the bank. I need to, to, to get to a certain stage in my family life or my career. I'm going to accomplish something, and then I'll learn what it means to serve you. Maybe some of you have said, I'll I'll be driven to serve you more and more when my kids grow up. I'm going to focus on other things. I'm going to set my attention on other things. But when my kids get to a certain age, I'm going to then choose to follow you, Jesus. Learn to follow you, Jesus. Anyone? No? No? Uh, maybe it's, it's actually phrased like this when, when, you, when you get down to your heart of hearts. That one, it might be phrased, when my kids need it, then I'll choose to follow you. So then, then, then all, y'all, all of us, we, we come diving headlong into, into church and into ministry and into engagement when our kids are acting a fool. And we need someone to help us do something to guide our children some other way than the mess that they're in. No? Anyone? Some of you might say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, whenever I need it. Some of you have, have said, well, today things are pretty good. Today things are, 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 are all right. And, and as long as they're all right, I'm, I'm just going to keep going where I'm going and doing what I'm doing. I don't need to, to, to pray, to study, to learn, to witness. I don't need to do any of these things. I don't need to serve because as long as things are all right and I'm heading in this direction, then, then, then I'm going to bargain with Jesus and say, hey, someday, sometime later, but first I'm going to do me But first, Jesus, I have this to do. You know, there's been kind of a a grinding halt that's taken place over the last week and a half to our lives. Many of you that had commutes no longer commute. 
Some of you who I'm praying for daily who had jobs no longer had jo- have jobs. Many of you who, who had trips planned, business trip or, uh, uh, or leisure trips, <clears throat> no longer have those trips planned. Now you're in your house. And this, this, this first week of, of this self-quarantine seems like a month or a year, but there's at least three more to go as uh, the kids are out through April 10. And so some of those but first excuses that we used to use don't really have any application anymore. And so there's an invitation from, the God, from God. Many of you have heard me say, quote Martin Luther King Jr., that God is about the work of wringing good out of evil. And, and, and this is a dark time, but God is shining his light through this invitation to surrender our lives to him, to follow him more and more. So that invitation is for you today. But we have to assess what this last week has looked like first. Because some of you might have said, Jesus, I'll surrender to you, I'll follow you. But first, I need to to check the Dow Jones Industrial for the 27th time today. But first, I I need to see what oil prices have done in the last 15 minutes. It's just not good. Don't do it. Don't make the Dow Jones or, or oil prices the thing that keeps you from, from, from surrendering, uh, from building a relationship with, from diving deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Don't do it. Some of you say, but first, I'm going to check Facebook one more time. I have checked Facebook so much that I, there's nothing new. None of you are posting enough for me. But first, let me finish this game. Let me finish binging this thing on Netflix. But first, let me watch the news again so I could figure out what I'm supposed to be afraid of. No more, but first, bargaining negotiations with Jesus. No more. We have an invitation today to surrender to his love and grace. To pray like we've never prayed before to dive into his word and learn of his love and grace the depth of which we have never conceived of because we have not gone that deeply into his word to to serve in ways that we had never conceived of to witness to the truth of his grace in the world with profound peace offering comfort and hope to all We have an invitation to serve this day. And the slate is wiped clean. No more bargaining. No more but firsts. Let's fall so deeply in love with Jesus that our whole lives would be surrendered 
to him that we would proclaim the kingdom of God is here. Would you pray with me? Gracious Father, the truth of your love is so outstanding and astounding. It blows our minds to conceive of how you, the creator of all things, the heavens and the earth, created us individually and know us and love us and care for us. Lord, as our minds work to wrap around your wonder, your majesty, we are in awe. And so, Lord, we, we commit our lives to you. We cease uh, to battle through bargaining and we surrender our lives to you that we might grow in the knowledge and love that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, our Father, meet with us now. Let our identity be found in you. That we would join with the saints eternal and the saints uh, here on earth as we are your body, your hands and feet in the world. Use us, we pray, to bring glory to your name, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.